believe it or not, it's a town called Flinflon, exactly in the middle of Canada. Flinflon is built on solid rock, and one of the first things we noticed were the boxed-in sewer pipes. Above ground, we'd never seen anything like it before. Wow. Hmm? Wow. Yeah, that's right. Wow, yeah. this, is, this is the epic saga. Mm -hmm. Hey, yo, what up? The it's, continuing saga. It's Susan and Raph. Susan gets top billing, of oh, course. Oh, why do I get top billing today? Because you're Susan Gunn, hairdresser to the stars. And if people want to get you to dress their hair, what would be the best way to contact them, Susan? Well, they can probably contact me um, at the mainframe on uh, on Main Street, 687 6800. It's uh, right next door to a shameless. vacant lot across the street from yet another vacant lot. Shameless, shameless, shameless plug That's for, right. the best, for, the, for the best little hair shop in Texas. Shameless <laughs> little plug. That's right. People in uh, Amarillo get their hair cut right. there. Houston, Laredo, mm -hmm. Hidalgo, we have, we have El Paso. We people coming from as far as San Jose. San Jose, California, yeah, Dion Warwick. Does Nevada. She, Nevada. Arizona, we know lots of states, people. Don't okay. make us just sit here and talk about all of them. So uh, another big talk here, we've got, oh golly, Mark and Crystal are nice enough to come back. We want to keep it tight because we didn't want to, we want to stretch this out as much as possible. It's all the behind the scenes stuff and it's very cool to have Mark and Crystal here uh, when Mark was doing stuff for the city and he has no days off because he's always uh, performing and, Susan, and Crystal always mm -hmm. on the phone and emailing New York and London and Saskatoon and all these <laughs> exotic places trying to get more and more things done. So uh, me and Susan were uh, lucky enough to chat with Mark and Crystal here on the Sewer Box Office Podcast. <coughs> you never can say to somebody when you're out far from home, I'm from Flimflot, without having to go back and explain what did you just say. You got that small town feel, go on the streets and play road hockey. The mom got you in for supper. Yeah! I think if you were to ask any Flint Flonner, they would say that it's the best place in the world to live. It's for Casas. Okay, that's another that's good right. story. Okay. Want me to start with this? Sure. Okay, so um, back in to just before, just before 9-11, uh, um, uh, this just so let's say June June before that, uh, one of our teachers, Stacy Becker, uh, who you might remember, she had seen um, in a teachers a national teachers magazine that there was going to be a um, a, a premiere in Manhattan by a Scottish uh, composer's piece, Celtic Mass for the Sea. Nova Scotian. Nova Scotian, yeah, and uh, and so um, we uh, called the um, the director Pierre Perrault, and uh, he we said, oh, who can be a part of this? And and ended up we were welcome to come, and we prepared it. That was our first performance in Carnegie Hall. Who was connected with with this person? And uh, Kamak was a, uh, a Canadian Amateur Musicians Association was. Um, uh, a, a, a playwright and shipping magnet by the name of Elias Kulakundas, who uh, who we ended up meeting after the performance. So 
Our concert was now a number of months after 9-11, and so part of this... This is in 2002. 2002, uh, when we had a a nighttime cruise after the concert, dinner type thing, it passed the Statue of Liberty, of course, and where the gaping hole is, where the Twin Towers were. And Elias, I'm waxing poetic because it was really quite... A, 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 a magical moment in time, and um, Elias was decided to come in, uh, on the on the boat, and and um, th- we had heard that he had um, written the the lyrics or the the text for what he was calling an opera at that point, and he had given you know the to a number of uh, of uh, musicians, and um, he was still looking for the perfect musician, and one of our choristers. Uh, uh, said you got to meet this this Mark Colt and and so he's they, just written a musical theater piece. Yeah. So then you take it away from here. Well, um, I'm I'm just going to begin quickly by saying I wonder if it'd be possible to get a glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you. Tabasco's uh, on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm looking. Red wine and, and both of them are looking good enough to drink right now. But um, yeah. So, and he worked hard to get that. That's right. We have to boil it like on the Saskatchewan side. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, um, Elias had written um, some years before a, a book uh, um, uh, called The Feast of Memory which was a collection of stories from his family background. And his family background was quite exceptional. Um, He came from a family of Greek shipping magnates. And um, he was literally, uh, there are pictures of him being bounced on Aristotle Onassis's knee um, uh, (laughs) as a toddler. Um, And that's how close they were. And... uh, and so he had inherited a great amount of wealth, but he was always interested in the arts and, and, and uh, dabbled in writing and taught creative writing classes and stuff like that. Um, and, but, you know, he, had, uh, he really enjoyed opera and he liked the idea of doing a musical theater piece. He had um, uh, taken one of the chapters out of this memoir that related to a relative of his who was uh, a a, a young doctor who was, uh, through a variety of misadventures, betrothed to uh, uh, two different young ladies on the same day. And <laughs> tricky, uh, tricky. So, yes. yeah. so this is in the very tradition-bound society of of the uh, 19th century of the 19th century Greek island of Kassos. His family was from this small island of Kassos, which I guess if you um, know the Greek islands at all, it's the next island to the right from from Crete. So um, <laughs> uh, now the. Um, uh, 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 the the uh, the story was an interesting one, and and he was really keen to advance this. Uh, he said, "I'll send you the script." 
And I thought, well, okay. Um, uh, and I, as as we came back, you know, uh, Crystal was very excited, and I said, yeah, well, maybe he will, and maybe he won't. I mean, it's you know, so many of these conversations happen, and no one ever follows up. It will happen. Um, but um, sure enough, a couple of weeks later, he did send the script, and uh, I mean, there was a whole process of of um, uh, of working with him. It took better part of three years before we were actually able to mount it as in, the, in 2005 but uh, you know it was a fairly successful run here and and mm -hmm. he helped to fund bringing our our uh, cast that had been put on here to the Winnipeg French in that particular year we were the second best attended mm -hmm. um, uh, fringe show for the Winnipeg Fringe and oh, wow. um, uh, mm. uh, you know, acquired a certain notoriety as a result, and and uh, it was a great adventure. Um, mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of people you know that were a part of that and had their first fringe-making experience from, uh, from Three Brides for Castles. People like Penny Grove and Tim Spencer and uh, John Taylor and um, uh, uh, um, uh, Tom Heine, I think. Tom was in the was was part of the cast. Alistair Caligari. Susan Lethbridge. Yes, Cindy Hanson Fahey was also part of the cast, mm -hmm. and and uh, Lacey Eagle. Lacey Eagle. Mm -hmm. There's there's a. The, yeah, quite a Anyways. quite a number quite a number of people were involved in that, and that was a great adventure. And um, uh, we, there were sporadic attempts to try to take it further than that afterwards, that never really came to fruition. In two thousand and five, I got bumped up from city solicitor to uh, uh, chief administrative officer for the city of Flon, and uh, that, in some ways put a bit of a damper on things. I had more responsibilities and, you know, had had uh, uh, more distractions from the musical stuff. Um, I guess in the um, uh, 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 in the course of time, though, like, you know, one of the, the other big milestones was uh, was you know the the musical theater we had great adventures with that with with the the the, the classical pieces we collaborated several times with the Saskatoon Symphony and with mm -hmm. the Winnipeg Symphony and those were wonderful experiences um, uh, and and then you know over the past uh, three or four years this there's been this whole phenomenon around Johnny's Social Club which is is. Uh, you know, in some ways, me going back to my roots as a, as a teenager, I was part of a, um, a a musical organization called Le Sans Nom, and and it was based on a French expression uh, meaning a hundred times no, sans fois non, because um, they had a they had a, a naming competition and. I came in fourth. <laughs> well, they, they, they just, it's not quite as bad as the Bodie McBoatface thing, but uh, they didn't like any of the, the, the response. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so they said, you know, sans fois no, a hundred times no. And they said, that's as good as any name we're going to get. So that's what we're going to call it. Um, in, uh, as a teen in, in the 1970s, I, um, uh, uh, was at Collège Saint Boniface, which was at the time the only uh, fully French, or by fully I mean like 80 percent 80 French, everything in French except for the 
the English classes uh, in, in, um, uh, in, 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 uh, in Manitoba. And so it was a sort of focal point for French culture in, in, in um, southern Manitoba. And, and uh, so I did a variety of, of um, what they called boîte à chansons that actually look a lot like Johnny's shows, uh, the variety things where a bunch of singers come and present songs in a cabaret format, and that was very much exactly what I did in high school. I didn't do musical theater in high school. That wasn't really the French tradition, um, uh, uh, but these boîtes chansons were. And after having done one or two of those, I got recruited to do the sort of next level boîte chanson, which was out of the French Cultural Center at Sonneau. And I remember. Um, uh, part of, part way through the first show, they had this guy who was a relatively senior guitar player. Yes, at the time he would have been like maybe twenty one or twenty two, <laughs> and um, uh, and and he was doing some very rough charts so that the band would ha know what they were were playing when accompanying the singers, and he found out that I could make charts myself, and so you know here I am, age fifteen. And he says, oh, you can do this yourself. Great. Here, you do it from now on. I'm yeah. going back to the office. And you're going to do it for the yeah, rest yeah. of your life. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's literally, literally it. I mean, uh, what I do at Johnny's now is exactly what I did in high school. I'm, uh, there, we'd put on a show every six weeks or so. And, um, uh, and Johnny's is uh, almost the identical same model um, uh, and and uh, their room that they worked in was a little bit bigger but the crowd sizes were approximately the same you'd get you know 75 people out to a night and and that was enough you worked on you know one show and then when that was done you started working on the next one and um, I have just completely enjoyed the Johnny's experience because it's literally taking me back to my roots um, and it's also giving an opportunity to to fulfill bucket list items that didn't work back then. Uh, there was the the first generation of musicians at Sano were a particularly ambitious bunch, the way a lot of pioneers are. And um, one of the things that they uh, organized themselves to do was to uh, redo. I'm not sure if it was the whole album, but almost the whole album of Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> and they were bragging about this for a decade afterwards. It was like the legendary show. I didn't actually see it, but I kept hearing about it, that this was the pinnacle of excellence <laughs> that um, uh, one, one, one had to aspire to. And it has been... Fifty years, but you got to send it to Ziz. Um, uh, yeah, that would be maybe neat. The um, uh, we've finally managed to actually duplicate that feat, maybe even exceed it, because I think our synthesizer cap capability is 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 um, um, a, a lot stronger now than they would have had available at that time. And in terms of duplicating some of the synth sounds, uh, 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 you had Paul Shearer do a magnificent job of that. Um, but you know we had it, it had taken a number of years for us to be able to get all the right people in place to take on something ambitious like that. But I was just thrilled that, that was definitely the ambition of a lifetime uh, fulfilled there. Just so proud of, of our little group and how we've managed to pull that together. 
So, Crystal, when I got here, I got here for, like, I think, a Vita, and then Fiddler, Chicago, was in Les Mis, didn't have to sing in Greece, that guy, uh, made me dance, which I was still, but sort of... What is next? What? How are you going to top this? Is that a sort of... There is sort of the night after the show going, that was great. Oh, we have to do something like this again. <laughs> I know. I know. Every single time you kind of wonder wonder what will happen. This, well, Les Mis, again, Les Mis was a 15-year um, attempt. I learned so much from these musicals. I, I had a, such a good relationship in some ways with New York and with the agent that I dealt with in New York. Um, and we've had good conversations after about 10 years of not getting Les Mis. I remember saying, okay, his name was, believe it or not, Michael Jackson. <laughs> not, uh, you know, the, but Michael Jackson, you know, if he like, hears this, he'll know. And I say, Michael. Don't do the moonwalk. Every, yeah. every year I... Exactly. And one year I just called him and he said, no, you can't have it, it's restricted. And I said, well, okay, we've got to have a talk. So we talked for about an hour about why I can't get have Les Mis, but it was still no, but I learned a lot. Then finally, when we got it, um, it was um, it was a call to New York, waiting to talk to Michael Jackson, when the person on the other end of the line said, I'm sorry, Michael Jackson, are we done? Nope. No, okay. Just, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson is no longer works in this department. Said, "Are you kidding? I'm not going to live long enough. It's been at this point is 14 years. I can't, you know. And so I am just reeling. I'm saying, this is, you know, this is not fair. Like, this is what I want to do. It's Les Mis. I've been trying now for 14 years. Why can't I? And the woman said, "Stop, stop." And she just said. I think I know who you are. I think I know what you're asking. <laughs> Go and go on the internet right now and fill in the application. And I went like, right, right now. Now, when I called them, it was at the end of the workday, so I had to exit the building. I got home. I I filled out the form. I and usually there's this little box where I could fill in my little explanation, my begging, why I feel we're not going to be a threat to New York. We should be, and we don't have this in Northern Canada. We deserve blah blah blah. And uh, but there was no box. And so I pushed send, and I was back at the office at 8 in the morning, ready to call New York, because it would have been 9 o'clock in New York, and just say, this is not fair, there was no box, you know, how can I have my defense? And I turned on my computer, and there it was. It says, you've been accepted to do Les Mis. Yeah, and so it was just a miracle. So fast forward, uh, I've been, uh, two years after I was trying to do get Les Mis, and I wasn't, I thought, well, at least I can do Mamma Mia. So I started calling Mamma Mia. <laughs> And there was no, 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 no. Well, since like, what, 99, I guess? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, okay, so, no, 15 years old. It was still a relatively new thing when we first got to New York in 2002. It was like maybe three years old. Yeah, it was when I started calling. And anyway, anyways, so just about a month ago, actually, I had, or a month and a half ago, I'd called New York, and still it was restricted. I wasn't able to get it. But I knew that there were other companies around Canada that had got it. So I thought, it must be close but before our opera concert I was actually thinking that it was going to be Phantom of the Opera because I thought even though Phantom is restricted and I still haven't gotten that I thought I could fight for that maybe a little bit more and I was just about to call New York again and I pulled up my computer for the number and all of a sudden I saw Mamma Via 
available. And I thought, well, you know, sometimes there's only limited, yeah, some, there's limited often um, uh, companies that are allowed to perform in the country. So I just went, uh, you know, type, 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 send. Within two minutes, we had it. Wow. It was like that. It was bizarre. Yeah. Now, then there was a matter of keeping it under wraps. Whoa, yeah, was, for a uh, week. Until... There was literally like people shaking me down. He tells you stuff, right? Like, <laughs> great fun with it i mean well they've gone obviously (laughs) well um uh natalie natalie milligan and angela um uh ishaka were having this conversation very deep conversation about it well you know natalie's saying well i mean if we're going to do another musical i just can't bear to be another prostitute or or, prostitute number four woman of of loose morals like like in chicago um uh, uh, it, it's um, uh, you know I mean uh, what's 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 with that and so I just just to toy with the situation a little bit I said well you know um, uh, I don't know if I could answer the question as to whether this musical has any prostitution in it or not and so then that got them completely going on the wrong track for a while. Yeah. well because people were shaming me down and I because just yeah. before you went, if like if Crystal had her pick and there was like no rights or no legal, she would do Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah. So I know that's the one she wants, but I don't know how this all works. Yeah, honestly, I didn't think I was going to get it. That was yeah. a complete surprise to me too. I, I, I was just, just, uh, yeah. The other, surprised. the other, the other person was Dean Martin. I mean, and I don't know if he really intended it this way, but um, uh, he he got himself all excited. Because um, Abba was releasing a new oh, right, yes. a, a new song, and uh, he he made a big deal about this on Facebook, and um, uh, he said, "Well, what's the chances that we would play some, you know, Mamma Mia, Johnny's?" I said, "Well, you know." could happen but you know just let's just wait and see i couldn't believe i said i shouldn't have told you and and so (laughs) and so within two hours i guess he had the conversation with his wife who had the conversation with others is it's mama mia Uh, it's a telephone telegraph telemedia yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's exciting so it sort of got out yeah but uh yeah people have been calling crystal for tickets well that's what yeah. i said on the radio i'm like yeah. november at the earliest yes people yes don't even know yes. where the seats are going to be yes 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 no we, we, just... passed, we, we passed ken paul track and he was like working on it in my head working yeah, on yeah, my head. Yeah. oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so we've got probably we got culture days to get through but we'll let you oh, guys yeah. you know, take a nap here we we end with this question yeah and um, I'm guessing it may be the, the former rather than the latter, however that works. Um, ooh, Susan's got a question. Ooh, is Flin Flon home now? Ooh. Ah, Flin Flon has always been home. I think even before we came here, Flin Flon was home. It was destined to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's home. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. my question is, and this one, uh, it'll probably be dead as opposed to living a dead. What are three performers that you would like to jam with, perform with, collaborate with, living or dead? Ooh. And I'll leave that in the form of an answer. Okay, let me... Well, uh, I guess... 
Oh man, that's so. There's so many, and I get you know. I think what part of the thing that stumps us is that is all the the people that we haven't met yet, like the all the the great well, talent that's, that's, that's in the north. It's, it's, but know. even the people that are that, that are they're floating around, yeah. like and we Dustin Hiles, who was just here for the opera, he he um, showed us a tape of his friend and close friend and colleague, who's one of the big all time sopranos. Um, Jessica Pratt is her name, and she is absolutely stunningly amazing talent and um and and that that would that would interest me i would like to know whether or not julia roberts was the one that we were that we were with on the on, on the on the on the, on we'll the subway that we'll time some other time yeah, part, part two, two julia roberts in the subway i have in the one store. to throw in i okay. i i, I this is almost practical. One day it would be fun to do something together with Lorena McKinnon. With our okay. yeah. well, that, would, that would be kind of interesting, yeah. She's from Warden. Uh-huh. And Deb uh, Ma, so, was a ex- Stay with that. Just, just one but, greyhound away. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I have a brother in Warden, so... Yeah. Go. Sure. Oh, there you go. Gosh. Yeah, but Deb Ma, that, that's, that's one that's sort of almost practical. I have... I, uh, I find it, it it a little tricky. My mind just doesn't work entirely on hypotheticals. It's yeah, got to yeah. be something. Well, that's that's yeah, no, I don't think it's almost possible. Yeah. Something that's almost possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. One of those hypotheticals. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, like it's, for me, it's like who can who can take we us to the next? Or no, but who can take us to the next level? Well, like meeting. Have, well, I think um, Noel went Chopin. No. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! See, the show we were like dead, like no yeah, longer with yeah, us. Yeah, that yeah. would draw a crowd. Yeah. It's like where I would like to go. Like I would like to take the choir to the Royal Albert. Uh, a hall in, in London, England, you know, or, or like to take the choir, take a, a whole group of us to Dubai, to uh, uh, and so, so, so yeah, well, and those are the conversations we so have we with children, yeah, that that you know, those are the things that really get me excited. But where, who we can collaborate next, and it's not necessarily. I kind of wait to see who falls in our not lap. Not necessarily almost. individuals. It's like almost like opportunities. Or yeah, like yeah, types of things. Yeah, uh, Crystal does love musical travel yeah and, and that would be sort of like cool jonathan thing. griffith who we collaborate with in manhattan we now know we can perform in carnegie hall or lincoln center anytime we want which wow. doesn't that just we could you know there, there's so many amazing performances that distinguished concerts international new york puts on and it's it's an extraordinary experience and uh you know how how wonderful is that? You know, really. So I know we. I don't think we Close answered. Enough. I don't think we answered it very well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 not. It's just to get sort yeah. of a discussion yeah. going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why we asked it. Yeah. All right. Well, this was amazing. This will be turned into some sort of Ken Burns. We there's culture days. There's yeah. the birth of Johnny's Social Club. Oh yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, there's just it goes on and on and on here. It never ends. Oh, but yeah. this was uh, enough for us. To at least whet yes. uh, our we appetites. We almost have a separate culture day show. Yeah, yes, yeah. should be. Yes, yeah. we, we will. All right, we will. Because there are several other people who are oh, you know, yeah. very intimately involved, like yeah. you and Katie Anderson oh, yeah. or Susan. Yeah, I'm mad that you know the triple yeah. interview. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Audrey from Toronto. All right, so we'll just get like just 
bunch of Cheetos and chocolate milk for the kids yeah. and we'll just throw them in the basement and do something do. with the cat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this was amazing. This was Thank awesome. You. Thanks, guys, Thank for you. Uh, Great sharing us here. I have a question for oh, you. Okay. What program are you using This is Reaper. Okay. This is called Reaper. This is, uh, well, this is all of our gear. This is part CFAR, part the great Trevor Sitnik, and uh, part whatever the manual said to use on here. Yeah, okay. This, you can do multi, this, and this device is meant for like a guitar input in the back okay. and everything, so. Okay. Well, we love you guys, and we thank you so much for everything you're no, doing in the community, too. Turn the volume up on that there. Yeah. Oh, there we go. It's for, true. Uh, it's true. Crystal Colt for uh, Mark Colt. Uh, the lovely and talented Susan Gunn. I'm Raphael Saray saying good night and good podcasting. <laughs> right on.